three, two, one. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Voice of Wisdom. With over 60 years of experience as an investment banker, entrepreneur, investment analyst, economist, and venture capitalist, Morty Davis is Wall Street and capitalism personified. The over 400 companies for which he has raised more than $3 billion over the years have created a countless number of jobs and exciting new products. Through the Voice of Wisdom, Mr. Davis explores, analyzes, and debates the most topical political, economic, and social issues facing our world today. And now, Mr. Davis. Hello there. Welcome back. It's great to be with you again Wednesday evening, 6.30, as I am every week at this time. <clears throat> I do want to alert you, I won't be doing the show, uh, the podcast, the next two Wednesdays because it's the Passover holiday. <clears throat> the first Wednesday is the night of the first Seder. It's the big party celebrating our release of, uh, <clears throat> of from slavery in Egypt. <clears throat> so it's a celebration in which we, we live. <clears throat> we uh, <clears throat> we Produce the <clears throat> the likeness. We reenact the likeness of the uh, suffering we um, experienced in uh, two hundred years in uh, slavery in Egypt. But it's a great party. In my family, we're up till three o'clock in the morning. The kids enjoy it. The kids are the stars of the evening, so they get a sense of their history and their uh, their uh, <clears throat> grandfathers, great great grandfathers, etc., etc. So <clears throat> that explains why I won't be on the next two weeks. In three weeks from tonight, I'll be back with you. Stay healthy. I love you all. You're my favorite people in the whole world. And also remember to read uh, my book, 365 pages every single day. It gives you advice and contributes to your happiness. It's called Happiness Guaranteed or Your Misery Back. How to be happy no matter what. It's the best book on happiness ever written. Anyway, today we're going to discuss uh, a subject that's going to be in the news for the next uh, two years, I guess, uh, <clears throat> right through the election in November 2024. So we're going to try to figure out who we think is going to be the nominees for the uh, Democrats and the Republicans, and uh, 
who are likely or unlikely other candidates that may run for president other than Trump and Biden, and also who, who we might think would be best for the country and, um, and explore the, um, the major issues that would determine, likely determine the outcome of this election. So I'm pleased to have my brilliant friend and colleague Ephraim, uh, <clears throat> Ephraim, uh, what has come to me? <laughs> I think it's Lowy. Ephraim Lowy, Lowy, like the the Lowy uh, that uh, competes with uh, Home Depot. <laughs> he, I, I don't know if he owns it, but he's one of the wealthiest guys I know in terms of knowledge and wisdom and uh, the wealth he has through the wonderful children he has. That's more valuable than any money in the world. So you want to give me a kick it off and see? Sure, we'll kick it off. Uh, how about I kick it off with a bit of a confession? Uh, my mild confession, you, if you will serve the role as rabbi or priest and absolve me of this, I know next to nothing about politics. Really? Uh, so, I, so what are you doing? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm here to absorb. So I, I have a small understanding of political ideas, very little, uh, very little understanding, and I, maybe even a mild disdain for politicians. Um, I kept my nose out of it for the most part. I, I will say I started engaging in political discussion around the time Trump, Trump began to rise to power, really as just I was mildly shocked that uh, our community had rallied around him so strongly. And again, not to be pro or con, I just felt the need to point out to my children, hey, you can vote for this guy, but he doesn't stand for any values, any human values I stand for. And even if somehow our interests are aligned, right? Um, you know, if your interests happen to be aligned with a bad guy at any moment in, in time, and maybe you strike a deal with the devil, you still should be well aware of the devil you're striking a deal with. So that's kind of when I started talking about it a little with my kids. Of course, whenever we'd be at a Shabbos table and Trump would come up and I'd lose my mind, they'd start rolling their eyes and they'd make me promise that you're not going to talk about Trump again. Not going to talk about Trump again. But one quick thing I noticed, right? Um, it's it tends to be a fruitless discussion when two people are on the opposite side of a political disagreement, right? It's just people flexing their egos or flexing their knowledge. I've rarely ever seen somebody change their mind around the discussion, which itself is the problem, right? So um, would love to hear your insights on the politicians and maybe I can speak to some ideas. I have ideas about ideas or ideas about discourse. Um, and I'll just give one quick example before that I turn it back over to you, right? I, 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 I was, just want to make sure. something clear. When you say our community, you're referring to the Orthodox Jewish community. Correct. Correct. Yes. I, uh, yes. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, the Orthodox Jewish community, for the most part, is pretty pro-Trump, and it's not that I don't understand any reason for that. It's just I, I don't understand the the lack of caveats and the lack of uh, restraint and the going along with um, almost the, like the color war element. Okay, he's our guy, and therefore we'll. We rally behind every single thing, the identity politics involved, right? Oh, so let me let me inform you or suggest why the Orthodox community is so enthused about um, 
Trump. As a matter of fact, if he ran for prime minister of Israel, he'd probably win in a landslide. He's very popular there. And the reason is, a number of years ago, I don't know if it's 25 years ago or longer, Congress voted to move the uh, embassy, the American embassy in Israel, to Jerusalem. And, the, and that was a firm vote, and it was a directive to the, um, to the State Department and to the American political leadership to move the, the American embassy to Jerusalem. Because every country has a right to choose their uh, capital and their, where, their, where the foreign embassies should be. And Israel was the only country that couldn't select its own. Uh, it was uh, for most of the countries, almost all of the countries, I guess. It was based in Tel Aviv, contrary to Israel's wishes. And each time, as part of their platforms, both the Republicans and the Democrats said, when they get in, when I become president, I will move the uh, embassy to Jerusalem. And each time during their um, tenure, they were, they were asked, what about it? You know, it's, it's a commitment that was made. It was voted by Congress and, and really overwhelmingly agreed to. And they always came back with, now is not the right time. It would create conflict. Okay. So Trump was a hero in that he did something that all the others promised in the platform, but he, he actually moved the embassy to Jerusalem. There's very few countries that joined. There's maybe two or three other countries that and have I, since done it. But. And I would agree unequivocally. So um, unequivocally, Donald Trump was a great friend of Israel. And I would say anyone within the community, and uh, one of these people, the person I speak the most about this would be my father. And if your sentiment is, I voted for Donald Trump because I'm a one-issue voter and he's pro-Israel, I have zero issues with that. As a matter of fact, I might even agree with that. I'm not, I ha I've never openly suggested, you know, that there's no reason to vote for him. What I don't, what I struggle to understand is not understanding everything else about him, right? So if you say, hey, Trump is a flawed character and he's actual threat to democracy because he was voted out but tried to get himself, uh, tried to institute a mild coup or a resurrection, however you want to look at January 6th. Um, again, there's a wide range of ways of looking at it. Um, you know, here's what I would ask you, right? Um, are you willing to give a democracy to have your guy in office? So if, if somebody said, I voted for Trump because he's pro-Israel. I totally understand that, and I respect that. And um, again, I, I see the wisdom in voting that way. Yeah, but we're Americans. We should have a high priority for what, what he and does even, in, our, in this country. Well, and even, even if we don't, even if we only care about Israel, right? Ultimately, a weak America, or America that loses its standing in the world, um, is not good for Israel, right? So I can make 100 counterpoints to the point that he's pro-Israel. And they're all valid points. But what what I felt the need, again, why I started engaging in the political discussion to my children, is I, you just saw people blindly backing someone who on one issue we're aligned, but in terms of the core ethical values, 
he could not possibly be farther. They, let me say it this way. If your daughter brought home Donald Trump, right, would you be versus bringing home Barack Obama or Joe Biden? At least the, the other person is a mensch. You can disagree with his he could disagree with his politics, but he's a human you wouldn't mind being in the same room as. Okay. And ironically, I saw um, on the list of topics we're going to talk about is Buttigieg's uh, sexuality. Are we ready? Right. The idea that someone would have a problem with explain to the list as soon as okay. So uh, Pete Buttigieg is uh, Mayor Pete. Um, he's an, the an openly gay mayor who uh, ran for the Democratic nomination in 2020 and presumably will run again in 2024. Now the question that uh, you know. Mr. Davis is nice enough to share with me some of the topics before we get on, so I can uh, make myself look a little more intelligent than I am uh, by doing a little research. And the question is, is America ready to elect someone who's openly gay? Uh, in my head, right, we elected someone who uh, weeks before the election talked about grabbing him by the pussy, right? And is a known philanderer. Um, so to, the idea that we're okay with that goes back enormously, overwhelmingly, right. by the Christian... By every religious institution on the planet. But we would object to someone... The dedicated uh, Yeah, who, who, but the, the thing is here is the idea that we would object to someone who was born with a specific sexual orientation. And let me give a little background on this. Um, the, reason, the reason, as Orthodox Jews, we have had the best run in America versus any country in the history of the world right. is because something we call separation of church and state. And if your political argument for anything comes back to a verse in the Torah or a verse in the Talmud, you need to let go of that immediately. Because however you interpret the Torah, if someone interpreting the Quran ever gets into office, right, they get to kill all the infidels, right? <laughs> so we are here by the grace of, grace of God but the mechanism through which it works in America is a separation of church and state. And um, the idea that we would, uh, someone who has, who shares ethical values, but was born with a specific sexual orientation that is not consistent with what our Torah says, that doesn't fit into separation of church and state. If your argument against Pete Buttigieg, if you have to quote the Torah, then it's not a political argument. That's a Torah argument. And he should not be the Rosh Hashiva in your school. <laughs> and, you know, you shouldn't, uh, you can talk to your kids, feel however you feel about yeah, any but of that. The guidance but his that, ethics is The guidance we get from uh, our religious teaching, the Torah and, and the various scholars that help interpret it, is that whatever country we settle in and would disperse throughout the world, we have to abide by their laws. And we certainly don't have any agenda to kill any non-Jews. Exactly. Never, no, nobody ever crossed the street. Even Jesse Jackson some years ago said, I never cross the street when I see a bunch of white guys uh, uh, on a corner getting together. Exactly. But, but he was implying that He's nervous if he sees a bunch of black guys. Um, yeah, I would speak it out, right? If, if we could pass a law requiring all food in America be kosher, why? And what does that do for us, right? Like, uh, we kosher. Yeah. We wouldn't want them to pass a law saying we can't keep kosher. We don't impose. Right? We don't impose we're not looking values. to impose 
our, our religious values, our religious values politically. So political discussions should remain political. Um, they should center around rights, around protections, around humanity. Yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. so anyway, I, that's sorry, a long way of saying that I just try to highlight to my children that I don't think Donald Trump as a human or even politically, aside from Israel, is perfectly aligned with our values. And we can vote for him. By all means, go vote for him. But just know what, like, what happened on January 6th was no surprise to anyone who followed him, right? They asked him for all the months leading up to the election, will this be a peaceful transfer of power? And he said, I'll think about it, <laughs> right? Meaning if I win, no, he, it'll be a peaceful transfer yeah, of power he, to myself. I have to admire okay. his, uh, his, his honesty. honesty because when he was... Agreed. It, even when he ran in 2016, and he had a debate with um, with uh, Hillary Clinton. Uh, the one of the interviewer asked him, "Would you accept the uh, the results of the vote?" And he said, "Of course I would, as long as, as, long as I, I win." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what about the other way? He said, "Yeah, well, I have to I have to think about you know." And I'll, there's I'll, truth I'll, to that. Like uh, on some ways, he's the he's the most honest liar out there right like <laughs> like it, there's some truth to that and there's some value to that right um anyway that that's really where i got into the d discussion and well, took a mild interest it, when you talk about his his bias or his favoritism and his good uh, behavior towards israel he also uh, is not averse to to creating anti-semitism by making statements like, uh, in Charlotte, right at the beginning of his administration, he, he was at a rally and there were Nazis and, and a woman was actually killed there by these uh, rioters. And at the end, he was saying, uh, they asked him about the Nazis and so forth that were there. He said, well, there's good people on both sides. You know, if there's good Nazis, you know, the, the, right. That means that the, the guys who were motivated to kill the Jews were good people. And he recently and he met with uh, Kanye and uh, yeah. who is that Nazi, some Nazi Kanye brought up. Look, what right. I, I love about... Jones, was it Jones? Uh, what, uh, I don't think it was Alex Jones. Kanye brought some other anti-Semitic guy. Um, anyway, what I do would like to say, I'd like to pay you a compliment because what I feel is missing from political discussion is the nuance, right? So you either love him or hate him. And here we, in this conversation, let's give him all the dues for being pro-Israel. Let's acknowledge it. Um, and if you, if you want to vote for that, vote for that, right? But let's also be open and not just be blinded by, okay, he's pro-Israel and therefore everything he says is gold and everything he does is gold. I mean, look, had, had Mike Pence not stepped up to the plate, Right, democracy, the governing norm of democracy would have been challenged in 2016. And for all those of you who think the election was stolen, I will ask the question, I think I've asked it once on the podcast before, if the tables were exactly turned, meaning if the election was called in favor of Trump and Biden had whatever quote unquote evidence Trump had, meaning not no, wasn't, no evidence. Correct, not accepted by a single court. So if every single thing you're claiming, stop the steal, was reversed, right? And Trump had it, yeah. and Biden can, would Trump have said, hey, by all means, go ahead. Uh, it, you take the president and say, I'm out, because because you have two WhatsApp videos of a guy <laughs> um, yeah. with, yeah. They so, brought it to 60 courts, many of them uh, led by judges who were appointed 
by uh, Trump, and and I think only one court took it seriously. Right. Lewis said he'd look into it. Nobody found, none of the other 59 courts found any reason to not reject it immediately. Correct. So, you know, you always have to have your sacred principles, right? And um, had you been willing to give up your sacred principle of democracy so that your guy, Trump, could be office, just remember, the next guy also doesn't have to abide by democracy, right? So it's always about a first principle, right? Like, okay, I get it. You want Trump to be president. But what would you want more, democracy or Trump to be president, right? And uh, you always see people flip their values. I'll give you another example on the reverse, right? So liberals have always been super pro-freedom of speech. But it happens to be over the last 10 years, the arbiters of freedom of speech are Twitter and Facebook, which are super liberal, who are much more likely to cancel somebody on the right. So suddenly, it's the conservatives fighting for freedom of speech, and the liberals are like, well, we don't really need freedom of speech. Like, as soon as the tool you used to fight for is now available to you, you can't let go of your principles. So that's why I always like to talk about the ideas versus the peoples. Well, Fox News has freedom of speech, but they, they also have freedom of lies, as witnessed by, by the private conversations that were discovered and recorded where they said uh, they don't believe in, in the uh, in Trump's claims that he won the election. They, they were actually very angry because they were the first ones, one of their hosts, one of their talking... Uh, Tucker Carlson? No, it wasn't Tucker Carlson. It was one other member of their... Sean Hannity? No. Right. It was a lesser, a less famous member of their team announced, was the first to announce that Biden won the election. And they were fuming at him, you know, why did you do that? It's, it's, it's not true, you know, why did, they didn't want to be the leaders in saying that and they were so critical of him. Yeah, uh, this is an excellent point and it cannot be stressed enough, right? So um, just to, to recap for those of you who have been living under a rock in the last six months, Right, the primary media outlet that was pro-Trump was always Fox News. And a lot of their commentators, who are the most popular commentators in the country, uh, promulgated and really disseminated this idea that the election was stolen. But it's been proven recently that in their personal text, they knew it was a total fabrication, right? So you have numbers, again, I don't know what the numbers are now, but there were times where 70% of the Republican Party was under the uh, misconception that the election was stolen. And the basis for this was a media outlet that knew they were lying, right? Um, if there is any criminal action that right. can be brought against these people, should be brought. And by the way, right, what did, what did Trump always teach you? Don't trust the media. Don't trust the media. Well, don't trust the media, <laughs> right, that's selling you Trump. So you can't oh, have it both ways. Other than Fox. Right. Man. Don't trust the media, but Fox is saying the truth. Again, and it's also, really hard to wrap your head around. I don't know if you're familiar. You probably are. Dominion that had the uh, equipment, the voting, the voting equipment, the machines. Right, they're the ones who are suing, right? Yeah, was accused by the Fox and by the Republican Party uh, that they, they rigged the election. And uh, they're being sued because there's no evidence of that. And Fox continued to say that and uh, maligned the company and they're being sued for a billion six and it's hard to 
see how they could lose because the very people that they're suing said there was there was none they found nothing wrong with the equipment there were no not even one instance could they find where the machines corrupted the so <clears throat> Anyway, it's interesting. They asked one woman, who's she voting for? And she says, she's not voting. And they said, why not? She says, because it only encourages them. <laughs> so so <clears throat> she got it right. You know, if we all stayed home and nobody voted, who would, who would win? <laughs> they, each, each one of them would vote for himself. And it would be a tie. <laughs> no, because Melania probably would have voted for Biden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so what are, what are your thoughts on our, our President Joe Biden? Well, <clears throat> I have to put it within a framework. I was very good friends with Donald Trump. I actually loved him because when he, when he introduced me to people, he said, Morty Davis, the greatest guy in the world, the number one guy in Wall Street. He endorsed my books, and you're in the hands of a master. And he, I mean, he couldn't be nicer. And I once spoke, I was chosen to introduce him at an event in Philadelphia by, at an organization that was founded by, um, I, by I, Ike Eisenhower. And... Um, they made Donald the um, the honoree, and they, I was on the board of trustees of that organization, and they asked me to come down in Philadelphia to introduce him. And I got up there and I said the nicest things about him, and I believed it. I said he's a miracle worker. He's developed the most amazing real estate plans. Uh, uh, most real estate. Um, buildings and, and hotels and and nobody could deal with Central Park's ice skating. Uh, it took years and he got in there and fixed it up quickly. I said, and he's doing it throughout the world. I said, he's really a genius and we have to appreciate him and he's justifiably honored at that time. So, and also he had a, a whole different set of values. He was a backer of Clinton, Bill Clinton. He was a backer of, he gave money to Hillary Clinton. He was pro-choice. He was a completely different person than he is. Well, so it's not that, right, if you examine it, I'm not entirely sure his values changed. His self-interest changed, right? Yeah, well, so his value was always self-interest. Not so different than uh, things, 90% of the politicians seem to be that way. Fair I don't enough. see any of them that are given their... Uh, they're uh, put, putting their re-election uh, prospects at risk by by passing gun control laws, even though 70% of the nation, and especially young people, are overwhelmingly in favor of stricter gun control laws. But so they don't they don't follow what the people want as. You would think in a democracy they surely would, and they they don't even follow policies uh, that that make sense. So you're right. He he converted just 
180 degrees. I mean, I never. He saw was him. opportunistic, and so uh, I'm disappointed in him and in w what he's shown as his values. So much so that his own sister and his own niece have written books and have been on television, critical of him and saying that he'll never give give up the presidency. And I I tend to believe that. I think. So you think he's going to run? His hero, I, I know he's going to run, and uh, he said he's going to run, and I have no reason to believe he won't. And how do you and, see that playing out, just in the, in the primaries? Well, I'd never bet against him, because he had 16 more qualified guys run against him in, six, in 2016. Most people thought it was he was doing it as a joke or as a, a thrill, that he had no intention even of serving as president. And he beat them all. And the odds-on favorite was um, was um, Jeb Bush, who had name recognition. He was popular as governor of Florida. He had the most, the biggest treasury already, uh, campaign treasury. So everybody thought it, for sure he was a shoo-in and then he had a lot of others that were, were prominent, uh, you know, more than we have now. They're, they're, there's almost nobody that that's competing for the presidency on the Republican Party side, other than DeSantis and maybe Haley and uh, and uh, Pence, and those two are both under five percent, so they're very long shots. And I don't know if there's anybody else that. Is he going to step up? Maybe uh, what's his name? Pompeo. Pompeo. So actually, in your opinion, if Trump I would, I Trump will run and win the I Republican would, primary, I would never. And not only that, I would never bet against him because Hillary was an overwhelming favorite. Yeah. And a showin, and uh, you know he had a much better campaign because. His motto was making America great again. I had formerly wrote, written a book, Making America Work Again. It's making America work again. Uh, yeah, this was long before uh, before uh, Trump ran. I don't know if he copied my book or the title or not, but it was a great, uh, a great uh, campaign. Uh, motto and Hillary had one that nobody will ever remember. They didn't even remember it while she was running for office. And the flip her, side is he her, lost. Her, her motto was uh, her crusade was stronger together, and that was hardly memorable and it, it didn't say very much. So, and also, uh, also he he when he gets in a debate with. With Biden, who I suppose I expect at this juncture will be the Democratic nominee, uh, he he could destroy her in a debate because he has no, he doesn't play by the what do they call it the the boxing mm -hmm. rules the uh, he doesn't play nicely in the sandbox. No, no, it's it's, uh, it's called the uh, some aristocrat in uh, in England. Got it. But the, the flip side is, of, uh, I forget what it's called. The flip side is, 
he lost to Biden, right? So he did beat Hillary. And he didn't just lose to Biden, he lost to the corpse of Joe Biden, right? Joe Biden is uh, clearly not at his best. Uh, reminds us all of the movie Weekend at Bernie's, basically, what's going on right now. He lost by 7 million votes. Too. And um, for the most part, if you were to ask why, I think people were just tired. They just wanted him to be quiet already, right? So I, I, I tend to agree with you. I could see him pulling out the Republican primary, but I have a hard time seeing... I have no idea who the Democratic nomination will be, but it's hard to imagine somebody less, um, <laughs> right, uh, less beatable or, or than Biden. Biden, look, he's past his prime. He's lost a couple miles on his fastball, right? And it was really a referendum on Trump. It was yes or no to Trump. Would you rather have Trump or would you rather have an effigy of Biden a Democratic Biden also doesn't know how to maximize his uh, his positives. He's doing some of it now, but, but to I, me, to me, one of the greatest things he did, and he's always apologizing for it, and the Republicans are always beating him up for it. It was leaving Afghanistan. We lost thirteen soldiers, that mostly were the responsibility of the military. But even if we lost them by his neglect or his uh, lack of wisdom, it was the right thing to do because we're still in Iraq. Uh, uh, after all, 22 years, we're still in uh, every yeah. country that is in the, and in the we're world. Gonna, we're going to leave that to your next book, No More Wars. I, I, that, that one's coming out. End all wars. End right. all wars. Um, but what are your thoughts on DeSantis? I... I think Trump is going to destroy him. Do you think he should? Yeah. Would you who, would you vote for Trump over DeSantis? Uh, <clears throat> I wouldn't vote for either one of them right now. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I'm not impressed with DeSantis. I don't think he has great values. I don't think either one of them are running on policies. You know, well, have you heard any policies that this standing up for? I'll say this again. Admittedly, I know very little about politics, right? Um, but whenever you try and have the character debate about someone, people will say, well, I don't really care about his character. I want to know how good a president I'll be. So uh, if you want to know how good a governor DeSantis will be, uh, he just carried Florida by 20%, which uh, basically a break-even state, right? It's a swing state, and he carried it by 20% because that, that state is running the best in the country. Um, biggest net migration long before COVID, but definitely dur during COVID, uh, the free state of Florida, right, is open for business. Um, he's running, he's good at being governor. Does that portend well for his argue. ability? I can't argue with that. He's, yeah, by the way. He's a popular politician, but I didn't like that his issues are, uh, you know, uh, banning certain books. In, yeah. In, uh, in, uh, schools some of which i don't i don't like a lot of those books but that's not what we should do and also uh, while he he took vaccination himself he insisted that nobody else should you know freedom is a great thing but it's like having the freedom to not be drafted and that's a lot worse than taking the vaccination 
and you don't have that right because we're we're in it together. We have to. If you if you don't get vaccinated, it's not only you; it's the people that you're exposing to this disease. So it's it's a kind of uh, uh, selfishness that's imparted, and he became a hero because of that. And the state didn't do any worse. I, you know, I have to recognize that. But still, when when we're in it together, we're all on the same lifeboat. Yeah. We, we have, I don't know if I told the joke on this program or not about the Titanic, the magician on the Titan, Titanic with this, uh, what's he talking, uh, the parrot, with the parrot. And this parrot always uh, gave away the, the secret of the, of the magic act. So when the, when, they have a parrot when, the, when, the, when the Titanic, when the Titanic went down, uh, the magician was able to get a hold of a lifeboat and throw it overboard and he and the parrot were on a lifeboat for three days and most unusually never happened before for three days the parrot didn't say a thing and then finally he said all right i give up what did you do with the ship <laughs> so um, If I could share how I, I, I look at this, and again, admittedly, less about candidates and more about ideas. Um, I was thinking about the following example. Uh, I was trying to illustrate a point to someone the other day. And I said, imagine you have two brothers that are in business, right? And you can use cash accounting or accrual accounting, okay? So one of the brothers who's in charge of the accounting does cash accounting. Now, as a result, it nets him a few extra dollars. The other brother walks in, and says, oh my God, you use cash accounting instead of accrual accounting? I'm not, I'm breaking up with you. No, that's why they have two sets of books. <laughs> <laughs> so the other brother decides to break up with him. This brother says, you're going to break up with me. I'm going to break up with you. Right. They sue, they end up in court, right. and they don't speak to each other for the rest of their lives. Right. Now, if I were to ask you to categorize their problem, would you say they have an accounting problem? Right? <laughs> Do they have an inability to deal with an issue? Right? Their problem is no, not no, that no. one guy uses cash. No, um, in my book, they have a value problem. They don't express, you know, policies that they want to implement that will reflect, you know, somebody said, don't tell me what your values are. Show me your budget and I'll tell you what your values are. Today it was announced that uh, Trump and Pence both are going to an NRA convention. The day after the shooting, all, all these little kids, nine-year-olds were killed, and three of their heroic teachers and, and uh, a god that they, they say, uh, or, or um, I forgot what they call him, uh, a caretaker, a caretaker who was beloved by all the teachers and, and the kids, were killed. And the next day, they're, they're endorsing the NRA. And the NRA, you know, their case, their case is the more guns, the safer we are because we need it, people need it for protection. If that was true, this country would, that has more people incarcerated than any country in the world. And despite just, that, with all those people incarcerated, 
we have more murders and more crime than anybody else with all the guns that and, and just we have more guns than people we have 325 million people in this country mm -hmm. we have more than 325 million guns more than one uh, gun for every and and infants don't have guns and young kids don't have guns and even uh, people that are in, in, you know disabled don't have guns so it's more than one for every human being and, and that hi highlights this point perfectly right so and um, also there's 16 million Americans that have an, a, a, a gun that was prepared for war to kill as many people on the other side as fast as you can so they, they have uh, we have 16 million people that have at least one assault weapon why would they ever need an assault weapon for 10 years we had a sunset they passed the law for 10 years from 95 i think to 2005 assault weapons were outlawed we had far more less uh, uh, mass shootings uh, or, uh, or death by uh, slaughter you know the mass, mass slaughters and then it, it, was, it came time that the sunset wore out in other words it had to be revoted again to be continued and the republicans i don't think they they provided one vote so these are values that are to me are important and i'll tell you why why i knew the, the polls didn't know it i don't know why they didn't know it i knew it the republicans gave the election to the democrats in 22. why did they give the how did they give the and and the the Supreme Court appointed abortion, abortion, nobody, because which nobody wanted. Not nobody. There's a lot of women that are pro-life. No, sorry, I mean, but no, over, no, an overwhelming number majority. of women were really fuming and got out. And and sometimes people feel feel they want to vote, but they're not driven to show up at the polls. So I knew that. There's more women that, that voters than men in this country, and also uh, there are other things that inspire people. The gun issue. Yeah. So it seems to me they 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 gave it to me. It, it isn't that that the I I always say more people uh, win because the other guy is so bad. It's not that they favor. Biden, or they love Biden. They were just so down on the Republicans for instituting that. You know, the Democrats should thank thank the Supreme Court for instituting that at that time. Um, yeah, I think gun control, abortion. You highlight two issues where I, I believe there is a reasonable consensus amongst the vast majority of Americans how to treat both of those. Um, it's just not aligned with the extremists that uh, are funding political positions, right? So um, it's even worse than that. They're not only denying women abortion, but they're they're saying they'll put the doctors in jail for for providing abortions, and you can earn, even though you have no interest in, in the woman or the doctor that does it, if you report it, you can make ten thousand dollars. Look, it's 
again, going back to our separation of church and state, we, we can speak for days about the Torah's position on abortion, but I, I, I'll frame the question a little differently, right? Um, study the crime rates in cities 20 years after they legalize abortions, and they always go down, right? Meaning the last person you want in society is someone whose parents don't want him. Right, like um, you know, half the people that the parents do want it don't turn out okay. But the last person you want on the on your planet, right? So again, this is not a halachic sock. This is not a religious value. This is a societal political value, right? Do you want to deny someone who does not want their child? Do you want to force them to have that child? And then how does that contribute to society? And the the data is striking. If you follow crime rates 20 years after abortion was legalized, it goes down precipitously. And so frame the question as should we allow abortion? Okay, but it's the same people screaming about... Uh, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't aware of this. Yeah, this, this, oh, it's it's mind-boggling, really? right? But so frame the question well, about you, abortion. Where did you find this? I, I, I will get it to you. Yeah. Uh, but you frame the question about abortion and suddenly everyone's piping up about their religious values. But reframe the question about welfare and about immigration, right? And about all the people that you don't want to be subsidizing, and suddenly you look at it a little differently. The fact is, remember, again, remember, it was Bill Clinton that changed welfare. Yeah, he well, said he said you had to have a job, and you you could only have welfare for a limited time. Right. So, well, but here's my point. If and again, the, the people that that overwhelmingly get welfare should get welfare. The people that rip it off. But that's always, you never forego the, the good for the perfect. There are people that need welfare, otherwise their kids would starve. They're, they're, we're, we're a rich enough nation that we can spend some of our money to help those that are most vulnerable and most destitute. So they make a big deal of it because uh, they show somebody got 10 checks or ripped off the government. That sure. happens. But there's more people that rip off, more wealthy people that rip, rip off the IRS than rip off, and certainly for much greater sums of money. Yeah, and all, all systems are going to have slippage, and um, it's the work of charlatans to uh, substitute anecdotes for data, right? So they, you can always find one thing that went wrong in one uh, piece of fraud in an election, but that's not data. Uh, but my point in all of this, and again, without getting into any personal view I have, I genuinely believe that if you polled all Americans, right, and asked them for their thoughts on abortion and you gave the following thing, uh, they, you basically could get 85% to agree on the following thing, pro-abortion within a reasonable amount of time after finding out there's a pregnancy, right? So no one wants, no one really wants a third trimester abortions, right? And nobody wants, I shouldn't say nobody, the vast majority with, the exclusion of certain extreme religious views. And again, I'm not stating my religious view here. I'm just stating what the American public wants is someone to be able to get an abortion within a reasonable amount of time after they find out they're pregnant. And I'll bet you get 85% of people to agree, to agree I don't, on that. I don't know if you noticed, but some of the states, I think Texas and Oklahoma and a couple of others, maybe Tennessee, have introduced... Um, laws that uh, you can't even have an abortion 
if you're having a, a, if you're if you're if you're a victim of rape or or um, what what is it called family uh, or what's incest incest your brother your, your right. father and also even where where the doctor tells you I took a picture of this and your kid has no head right do you want to bring that kid into this world I, or, you know and so, and, it, and and the, and they pass laws that you don't you can't give people that are having the uh, uh, what do you call it the miscarriage you can't help them to get get rid of the you get poisons in your in your womb if you don't take the kid out I, I, you know so it shows you how how extreme they become and, and more right so and back to your NRA point I think 85% of America is pro-gun control laws. Look at Australia. You know what happened in Australia? They got rid of all the guns, and there are no mass shootings. Because you know what you need to do a mass shooting? This thing called a gun. Get rid of the gun. I, told, right? I, I but, think I told you that. Oh, yeah? In 95, they had a mass shooting in Australia. One mass shooting. They changed all the laws. They took everybody's gun away. Now you can only get a gun. It takes a year. you got to go through the police department. You got to show that you're not like you got a driver's license. You got to show that you know how to drive, and that you not know how to be safe. You got to know how to shoot a gun, and you got to know how to put it away safely. So your kids, it's the number one cause of of death, uh, guns are, of of uh, kids so, under, under twelve or something. Yes. Yeah, so to explain. If 85% of America can agree on gun control and 85% of America can agree on abortion, why are no laws passed, right? So what what is the what is this what's broken about a system that is not giving us what 85% of the people because want? Because we're not a democracy. We're a 51% democracy. The people, it doesn't matter if we're 70%. We're in gun control. We're 70%. The NRA is focused on one thing. Most people are focused on a lot of things. They target the any congressman that votes for gun control knows that they're going to go after him. Even Democrats know that they're going to go after me, and I'm going to lose. I'll be primaried out of my position. So nobody votes for it, even though they they favor it. They can't get any votes, and certainly not from any Republicans. So they be primaried out. So it's a, it's a country that's run by the donors. The donors call the shots, not you, not the people that voted, the masses that voted for you, but the guy that gave you the big contribution. He's gonna the the guy who got elected say what you know what do you want me to do? So that's not democracy. That's plutocracy. We got five minutes. I just want to. I just want to. Remind you of two things that you're probably not aware of. Some years ago, maybe 50 years ago, give or take 10 years, they brought up a law, I think it was in New York, I don't think it was national, that if a woman has five kids already, no husband, nobody working, she's out every night leaving the kids alone, uh, you know, there's evidence that she's not a, a competent mother. They said, we'll give her $50,000 to tithe her two. To tithe, so she doesn't have any more children. Five is enough, or something like that, right? There was such a, uh, a rebellion 
There was such a rebellion. All right, we killed our producer. <coughs> she couldn't take it. She couldn't take it. So, is she all right? As, uh, so, uh, so they said it's genocide. And there was such an upheaval, primarily by the uh, African-American community, uh, because they felt it was targeted against them. So it was genocide. The other thing I want to tell you, in terms of Bibi Netanyahu and, and his uh, uh, recent work, Milton, not Milton Friedman, Thomas Friedman is so, again, every article he's written in the last two months is reading up on Bibi Netanyahu. He's against the right wing, I guess he's against the Orthodox. Even today he has an article again criticizing Bibi, even though uh, Brett, Brett um, the Republican uh, right for the time, Brett, uh, anyway, he used to write for the Wall Street Journal. Maybe so, uh, said, you know, how well Israel, Israel democracy works, because the people, without killing anybody, without any shooting, just by marching and, 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 and uh, what do you call it, rallying, helped to overturn the, uh, the uh, uh, war that they were against. And why, why they were against it, I, I think Bibi did a terrible job selling it because all he's saying is, I want to do the same thing as the number one democracy in the world does, where the elected officials appoint the Supreme Court justices rather than non-elected officials. Uh, now, there's, there's uh, nine people on the, on the committee that chooses the, um, the, the justices, two of which are elected officials, two are members of the Knesset, two are, two are Supreme Court justices, so they can choose their own uh, bodies or their own with their own values, and then two are cabinet members. So it's not be, being chosen by elected officials, which is really the more correct way. In this country, the president chooses somebody, and the Senate has to confirm it. So it, it, it could be both parties, or if one party is overwhelmingly in power, then it's one party, but it's still elected officials choose. And I have to point out one other thing you're probably not aware of. It used to be not a sequence of, uh, of uh, who follows the president in case he dies or in case he's disabled, is it goes from the president, the vice president, the speaker of the house, the majority leader in the Senate, all elected officials. You know, when I was younger, how it went? It went from the vice president, from the vice president to the secretary of state to the secretary of the treasury to cabinet members all of which are not elected officials so they changed it to elected officials so Bibi's posture is not a, a wrong posture they're saying look his motive is that he's been indicted and he's uh, and that's why he's choosing it look Trump is being indicted maybe two or three or four times even, and he's going to be running for president and has a 
decent chance to be elected. And, and I don't know if, if, if we, we didn't talk about any other Democrats that would. Well, we can certainly get to that and, and to Bibi on a future episode. And I, I actually have to run, but I will leave you with a question. And uh, I th I'm sure the audience would love to hear your thoughts um, even after I leave, because I got to go. Uh, if you were president for one day, give me the three things you would enact. And if I was president for one day, I'd probably be impeached. <laughs> <laughs> what would you go down? What would you go down doing? Make sure that the children at school are protected. You know what they're proposing? You know what they're proposing? On the teachers, on the teachers. That's what we're turning. Anyway, my time is up. I got to wrap it up. So I want to wish you all a great week. Every day should be better than the day before. Good health, uh, uplifting and, and fulfilling and genuine happiness and especially happiness. If you want to know how to be happy, uh, the reports I'm getting back from people who, who bought the book or own the book or given the book is it's the best thing that they've had in their life to every, every single day for the year it gives you ideas of how to be happy so be happy don't worry be happy don't worry and i'll see you in two three weeks have a happy passover happy easter and a happy every day of your life